On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about how software can provide solutions that hardware may not be able to. With the hardware backorders that some people are facing, most of the industry, in fact, software can be that key to success. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A State of Control. A State of Control, Episode 86. Hero, not zero. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. On today's show, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the value that software provides as we move from more of hardware-centric uh, AV industry to the software and solutions side. And uh, with me to discuss that are a couple of returning guests. And uh, before I welcome them, I'd like to say hi to my partner here at Estate of Control, none other than Rich Fragosa or Uncle Richie, as some know him. Hey, Rich, how are you? Doing good. Mellow West Coast greetings. Uh, October 1st hits tomorrow, and my Super Bowl for Halloween is uh, going to start. Going to start. I, I get a stage delivery tomorrow, so looking forward to getting going. Wow, and and the Giants are playing well, so you got that going for you too. Yeah, I, you know, baseball here. I'm sure Mark's like, oh, whatever. You know, it's it's football season, so. <laughs> um, well, I'd like to uh, start off by welcoming back a friend and somebody who hasn't been on the show in way too long. Who's back in episode seventy three. Uh, he is Mark Lavecchia from BMA Software Solutions. Hey, Mark, how are you? Very well. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. I didn't realize it's been that many episodes. Yeah, you know, uh, time flies, right? Yeah, it absolutely does. It's like we haven't anything to do. But thank you for having me back. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. And last but not least, he was last with us in episode 81. Uh, he is Scott Samsel from Greenpoint TDI. Hey, Scott, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. Good to have you here. So we're sitting now in the latter parts of 2021, believe it or not, and uh, just to provide some context, and we're, we're trying to put the pandemic in our rearview mirror, but we're still working in a, a little bit of a tough situation where uh, there's supply chain challenges, uh, hardware is not as available as uh, people would like, and it's having a, an impact on the AV industry. And, and uh the the fact that software is not as dependent on any of those items other than time is uh, an item that I think is often overlooked. So what I want to talk about today a little bit is how software can add more value and be an either an alternative or a supplement to to these hardware based systems. And, uh, and and that's been a big part of the uh, the trend in the AV industry as we move more toward the, the software and services side, as I mentioned. So, Rich, um, we often have been asked as programmers uh, to make to, that 
you know, software is considered a little bit of magic. So we've always, often been asked to make things happen. Maybe it's making a device do something more than it is meant to do on paper or work around a challenge or uh, a, a piece of equipment that isn't working as intended. Uh, right now with the, the hardware situation as it is, is it time for programmers to shine and, and be able to kind of step in as the hero to, to, to be able to provide some solutions because clients aren't going to wait forever to ha have their needs met? Yeah, you know, it's funny, um, brought something up right before we started recording that um, kind of keyed into all of this, which was, you know, as control systems programmers, without control systems, what do we do? And a lot of the control systems right now are hardware based. And, and so, you know, it, it's not even a chicken and egg. It's like, if you don't have anything to program, what are you going to do with your time? And if it stretches out long enough... If you're an employee of a company or you're the owner of a company and you, you know, you, you can bench and you can kind of pre-develop and do R&D and all of these things. But if all of a sudden you're getting from manufacturers 12, 16, 20 week uh, delays that you're hearing about, uh, you know, product coming in. Uh, yeah, you got to start figuring something out quick. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I do primarily resi, but, I, you know, I still do a decent amount of commercial. We just had this happen on a, a project where uh, uh, a DSP needed to go into the system and it was, you know, a unified communication system and there was just no product. There was no way the product was going to be found and a manufacturer had just announced like three days before that they were going to a virtual DSP uh, that could work on the unified engine that we already had there. And so we had to scratch our heads and go, okay, um, we can't get parts. This just came out. These are our, you know, we went from A through Y. Here's option Z. And it became a point of saying, okay, you know, you have to be willing to operate in a software world. And, and we were talking just a little bit earlier and kind of wanted to bring up is that, um, a lot of things due to the pandemic has accelerated the virtualization of products. And there's always been the talk of virtualization of products in the control industry, but there hasn't been a whole lot of momentum. And honestly enough, I haven't seen as much demand as I thought I would. Uh, so software control system programmers, absolutely, it's a time to shine. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for them to develop under fire at this point uh because you have no hardware choices you don't have the stock you don't have the things that you're used to so you are going to have to push out and start figuring out you know what do we always say about control system programming right it 20 percent of the time it does something 80 percent of the time you're trying to keep it from breaking you know or you're preparing for something breaks even more so in the virtual environment because you are dealing with lots of things out of your control operating system changes um, database changes, drivers, uh, you know, I mean, if all of a sudden somebody plugs in a USB keyboard into this device that corrupts something, you're at the mercy of that. Well, those are the things you need to start figuring out. And so I think that it hopefully pushes control systems programmers into considering more how the software world itself works and how we can better fit in it. Scott, I'm going to let you jump in here because I think Rich touched on a few things that are 
uh, probably near and dear to you. Uh, you know, one was virtualization. Another thing was providing more outside out outside of the box software solutions, getting more creative. And I know that that's some things that that you've done, and and um, I'm sure that you you can you share some insight on that. But what where where uh, what what do we have to do to get more people thinking along those lines? Well, I, I think the, the between COVID and the uh, and since COVID is, is over, um, you know, the construction cycle has picked back up, and it not only picked back up, but it all but it got slammed into a smaller uh, um, window just from being delayed. And then you add on um, all the shipping challenges and labor challenges. Um, I think a lot has changed in our industry in, in, the, in the past year. Um, it uh, becoming more, we're going to probably use this word, but becoming more brand agnostic is something you can't afford not to do anymore. Um, you know, as programmers, we, in this industry, we typically uh, you know, picked a horse and rode it and wrote it in a direction that the manufacturer is guiding us in. Um, that's just not the world we live in anymore. And since everything we deal with is software, um, it might live on a hardware base of, of some sort, but it's still software that makes it work. The DSPs, the AB over IP, and, and what have you. Um, so for a long time, becoming less dependent on brand and more dependent on the value add that the, the programmer can bring to a project is something that we've been concentrating on uh, um, quite a bit. Um, and it's coming to fruition. So it, it, at times like this, um, we can take something like our, our NVX manager, which is a completely standalone endeavor that was built for a crush on AV over IP system. It's complete management configuration, um, um, and um, control software, standalone, uh, and using web services, um, and now switch out that switch out that with a different brand of hardware, um, with no loss of, of of time or or energy on on the back end. Um, we're having to do that right this second on a personal level, not as far as being released to the public, but on a personal level for our projects internally to our company. We're having to do that right now as it stands um, because of some of the, of the delay times um, in an actual, you know, actual product to be able to do encoding and decoding um, at the hardware level um, and at the DSP level. Um, so it, it's something that uh, um, we've been working on for, for a while and it actually is right now staring us in the face. We're also having to integrate control systems together like we've never done before, which becomes brand agnostic. So software becoming a gateway for everything, including control systems and different kinds of systems is a value add that we've never really had before. We always talk about integration, but we're only integrating inside of the control system that we're, we're talking about. Now we're integrating control systems together. And a lot of that is coming too because of of the idea of, of a building not being able to buy a whole building of the same kind of a, of, of a brand or they're having different vendors. Um, so we also have APIs open into our 
um, management software, um, and we're doing a, a, a current project where we're integrating Control 4, Freshon, and AMX into a singular product that all work the same. So that all those everything I just mentioned is coming to fruition right now because of everything that we said. It's a man, not because we designed it that way or had have dreams of hybrid systems. It's because of the reality of the situation on hardware. I would take that, Steve, if I can take that down a little bit of a side road, because what they're saying is 100% correct, and yet it's a little bit different than what we see. Uh, because what we see uh, on our model, our model is straight up uh, commercial integrators putting in technology systems, right? We're old school, basically. Uh, we do some end user work, but for all intents and purposes, and that's usually at the university level, we're dealing with the manufacturer, excuse me, with the integrators who've sold a project. This project's got to go in. We need to get this room up and going. There's no hardware anyway. What are we going to do? And that challenge in and of itself is where I think controls programming gets to shine. And the reason we do that is because I've compared it to basically you know, my wonderful, loving wife saying, hey, guess what? So-and-so is coming over and uh, we're going to have dinner. Like, I don't have anything ready for dinner. What are you talking about? So now what I need to do is I need to figure out what I've got in the refrigerator and what I got in the shelves and what I could put together to make a meal based on what's in the house. And it may not be exactly what the chef would like to be putting together. But I need to take those components and get those things together because somebody's showing up and we need to make it work. And the ability to have that overriding sense of I can control, I can write code for all of these different products and bring them together for you is a value that somebody uh, may not have thought through because they call and they say, Mark, I got a problem. This room, I just had this happen. OK, I have at this casino right now. We're supposed to be building the sports book, but Everything's so far delayed, there's no time. They're going to repurpose their other sports books. So we're going to take some of these other ingredients from the refrigerator. We're going to shove them over here. And uh, But I'm sure that in the end, uh, we're able to bring that solution to them where in a short period of time, because we understand all the components that are going in. But again, this is more of what we're seeing, which is I have a project, I have a room, I need to get out up and going, I'm going to steal components, can you make this work for me? So uh, I think Mark brings up a really good point, and I, I, I like the analogy too. It, it honestly, that's that, you know, what you're saying is where we've really earned our chops for a long time. So so to me, that means, uh, is, is there a different way of architecting code to be able to accomplish that? Do we have to set up our, our systems with a little bit more flexibility? Is there, you know, how, what, what, um, what, what are, what are some things that we could talk to people about that let them know that we, we, we want to give you something that we know that you're going to be able to put together quickly and, and make work without having to kind of, um, operate again or, or, you know, ha have to reinvent the wheel, let's say. I think Mark brings up a great point that, you know, we probably don't pay enough attention to if you are in the design build side of things, which is that there's a lot of existing kind of secondary market product or existing product that still functions well. We just like the new stuff, right? So everything starts with, we want the new stuff now. Would I necessarily want to program on a 12-year-old processor? No, I wouldn't want to. Could I still do it? 
and could I still get results? And I, and Mark made me just pause for a minute. And I went, I could, I could theoretically pull something up that off a shelf that's been sitting on a shelf for 15 years and I could still make it work. And, and so there's value in, like we were talking about, about the software side of being able to say, like Mark was saying, you know, I'm going to whip up, I'm going to, I'm going to whip up dinner. Yeah. That side of steak's been in the freezer for about a year and a half, but it's still good. And here's some mac and cheese to go with it. And we're, away we go. And, and there is a lot to be said from the skill set and the ability to go back to the skill set, right? Because we're constantly pushing new, 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 new. Is it scalable? Is it flexible? Is it, you know, we used to tell the stories of back in our day, and Mark will remember this, and Scott will remember too. I mean, actually, all of you will remember. Back in our day, we used to keep these little tubes of chips in our bag. And after you wrote the program so many times, you put in a new chip, you know? And you did. Quite literally, you put in a brand new computer chip on this thing. And theoretically, that thing could still work if you're in a jam. And I like that idea. It didn't really register until just a second ago, which is be willing to operate out of the box is not only trying to operate with what's new, but also trying to operate and retask what's old and upcycling it. I guess. And so I was, yeah, you know, again, the sage, the sage speaks again. Yeah, it's, it, it comes down to the, uh, you know, how the code is built to begin with. If you're coding for specific devices and that's what you're doing for a living, you're coding devices, well, you're going to be hurt by this quite a bit. And what you're going to be able to be, to be deliver, what you're going to deliver ultimately is going to um, um, change depending on the, the end devices that you're trying to integrate. Um, you know, that's, you know, everybody preaches scalability of code and being able to, um, you know, being able to program systems as opposed to devices. And I think that's a, that's a key to this is being able to swap out end devices without changing the code set and the feature set of what you're trying to, to deliver. So, you know, when Mark goes from, you know, when, it, when chef gets lamb instead of, of beef. Can you, that was a good one. I really like it. Lamb and beef don't really taste alike, but I'll let it ride for now. <laughs> so, but we want to be able to do is say, okay, listen, this sports book isn't ready. I want to repurpose this one. The first thing we do is look at that and say, what can we do when the repurposing code that we can still apply back to the new, you know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's make sure that we're having that discussion. And so we're, we're kind of having two different discussions, which is where we see it going from a new software virtual standpoint, which is going to happen. We know that's going to happen, but it's not going to happen fast enough for the people that are in real jams right now because of the hardware delays. And they need to realize that when they get to that point from virtual, we'll be there. But right now, they need to see us as MacGyver. They need to see us to be able to come in there with our switch, you know, our, our little Swiss Army knife and go, I can help you get through this period right now and build it in a way that it is forward thinking because we see what's coming as well. So I want to make sure we overlap those two things because the need is right there. I, I'm certain you all see it. The need is there to get certain rooms up and going now. They don't have time to wait for something new to pop along. 
And so if that means they need to go into the refrigerator and grab a bunch of stuff and I need to grab my MacGyver knife, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it together. That is how we address it from our side. Um, it's day by day and it changes constantly. So I'll, I'll kind of chime in on that because I think this is really a fantastic thought and something that is probably going to open up the mind of a lot of people. Um, what Scott said earlier, too, I think is important to consider, and, and uh, Rich, I'll, I'll let you um, comment on this. Um, the Maybe now is the time, too, to be looking at some more universal solutions that, that are, are not a brand-specific product and and how because you know as programmers and especially those of us that you that are the principals of uh, of a firm or or you know this is your livelihood it's it's um tough to be dependent on one particular solution and uh, and and i think clients also even though there's been a big push to to investing in a platform it it can also be uh, turn against you. So is it time for us to, to be opening up our mind to, to, to alternatives? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think we got spoiled. Um, and, and Mark and, and, and Scott kind of suggested is that we all have preferences, right? We all have companies that we manufacturers that we like working with because we know the people, we get the support, we do enough work that they actually pick up our phone call, right? You know, I mean, if you've got a choice of somebody who you know is going to listen and somebody who's going to wonder and kind of look at their sales order list first and go, oh, okay, do we pick up? You know, they're checking their caller ID before you're coming in. Um, and because there's been, it's been good days uh, for control system programmers and control systems in general, you can kind of ride one pony and ride it out. Uh, you know, I have always viewed that putting all of your expectations in one manufacturer is like trying to find a partner who you know does not only look at you <laughs> and that you have to be willing to know where loyalty is is an interesting word in this industry um, i think that manufacturers are much more willing to use it towards the participants of their dealers, then potentially they will look at the people they're selling to. Um, and so I think that as integrators or as control system programmers, uh, you know, you got, always got to keep your options open because something could happen. I mean, companies could be bought, companies could be sold, companies could go under. I mean, there's lots of things that could happen and we've seen it. Um, just most of us have weathered it over the time, but the time's kind of passed where newer companies haven't experienced some of that stuff. They haven't they haven't felt the sting of what happens when basically a manufacturer drops you or drops something that was your bread and butter. And for control system integrators, I mean, again, Scott has a software development team. Mark's got an incredible team that he's working with. You've got an incredible team. Um, you know, from the kind of ham and agar, um, you know, carrier lunch pail control system program or integration company out there. They're a little bit more at the mercy of, of what's available to them. They can't just pick up and grab a computer science engineer and say, okay, make us something. You know, in the grand scheme, should your company be looking towards that? Yeah, but you got to make a living. And again, there's, you know, we, we can always talk about this 30,000 foot view about what you should be doing. And, and you know, again, we've got 
hundred and something years of experience sitting here in, in this four quadrant, right? Of We know that you should be doing that. We're telling you, we're saying, come on, man, do it. But at the same time, we forget, I know I do at times, what it was like to be new, to be starting, to be hungry, to be scrapping, to be waiting for that next project to come in to keep you going. And the hard part is riding that line between desperation and prognostication, right? And, and you know, that's what this is about, is that this is a golden opportunity to be able to push yourself forward because all of the things that are out there are pointing to it and clients are going to be open to it, right? Like Mark said, right? The, the, the casino came up to him and said, this is all we got. So as a up-and-comer or somebody with experience or anything else, you now have the opportunity to say, we're your guys or gals, right? Um, and, and, and it's tough. It's, it, you know, again, it's, it's, it's tough with us to be able to do the do as I say, not as I do. Um, and a bunch of us are do as I do. Here's where we're at. Um, but this is an opportunity if you feel your company is struggling to re-engage with clients and say, hey, you know what? X amount of companies have been saying can't be done because we don't got the parts and we only develop for this and this and that. I'm your guy. You know, brought my Swiss Army knife. Here you go. You know, again, programmers don't like doing sales. Learn to do sales because this is an opportunity. You can go in. I mean, literally, you can go door to door to places right now saying, hey, you got stuff. You know, I know you want to do it. I know they're saying you can't get parts. We can have you up and running in a couple of days. How's it sound? And they go, oh, wow. Great, because everybody else told me 16 weeks. You're saying you can do it in a week? Awesome. One of the things that, that Uncle Richie brought up, which is such truth in our business, and it's unfortunate, uh, is programmers don't like to sell. Okay, and, I, and it may not be a popular thing to say out loud, but in the end, they're coders. They want to be able to work on the project, be challenged by the code that's going on. Sitting down and selling is not something that they're well-known to do. Uh, one of the reasons that my company was different is I don't code, man. I don't know anything about it. I sell and I run the company. What that means is I get an opportunity to sit down with my customers, just like Richie was saying, go in, sit down, say, what can we do? But it's not just that. It's got to be, what can we do together for you? I want to help you. I'm not just trying to get an order out of you. Okay. I'm not just trying to do some job for this week. Let's work together, see what you have on your plate. Let's work the numbers. Okay. Cause that's the other part of the problem here. You may have the capabilities that they need at this particular juncture, but not the budget. And we're a little bit more expensive than their in-house coder. So how do we approach that with them so that we can get them through this time together? and show them what our capabilities are. So when we get to that next level, the trust is built and that loyalty that was washed out of our business is suddenly back on the mend. And it's going to be back on the mend because nothing creates loyalty like desperation. And we are a desperate business right now. And if we can admit that desperation to each other and to our customers and to their end users and say, what can we do together to work on this? Not just from a product standpoint and a code standpoint, from a budget standpoint, from, a, from margins, standpoint. Let's get each other through this together, genuinely get it through together. We're going to wake up in a year with new partners that are ready to take that next level step that we're promoting that is ultimately going to find its way there. So I think also what you're saying too is that now, now is the probably better than ever for a programmer to be involved in conversations when it comes to 
designing or coming up with with solutions because the that creativity is what's key and and uh, and being able to think outside of the 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 normal approach is probably going to get the results for as long as i've been in it i've been in over 30 years and i know that you guys have been in it almost as long has never never individually collectively company by company embraced the truth that when things are bad it's okay to admit that things are bad they don't do it they always put on a happy face they always say oh no we're fine we're fine we're fine i know you're not going to get equipment for the next six months but we're fine we're fine we're fine that crap has to stop and we have to be able to all look at each other and admit that this has been a difficult time and we have to work together to figure our way out of it and one of the components that is always overlooked until the end is what we provide from a services standpoint from the code, whether it's control or DSP. We're always, oh, by the way, I'm at the site. Can you show up? Those days have got to be over. You need to reach out now, even if you're not going to hire us. Reach out. Talk to us. Find out what solutions we're working on. Let's get together on this and get our way out. We will get our way out. The question is, how are we going to do it? And if we do it together, it happens a lot faster. And I don't mean to sound all, you know, hopey, changey, but you know what I mean. We got to we got to work on this together and have some honest conversations with ourselves. I think that's a great way for us to wrap that up. So that's uh, very good advice, and quite honestly, it has to be. You know, and and I think the, the and the, the this. The, this conversation was uh, even more insightful than I was expecting, and I appreciate that. And I think uh, it has a lot of good points for others to listen to from various perspectives. So there's a, there's a, please listen closely to it because there's plenty of nuggets and pass it on to others who may, may be able to benefit from it. Um, with that said, I'd like to thank everyone for being a part of the show and uh, providing such great input. Um, Mark uh, Levecchia from BMA Software Solutions. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about okay, your company? My website's bmasoftwaresolutions.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Mark Levecchia. But, uh, you know, that's the best way. Otherwise, open that window and yell. We'll hear you. And it's football season. So I, I, Sundays, you know, as long as you don't call on Sunday, I'm and Monday. And it's football season. And Thursday. So you'll, you'll be... <laughs> And then during the playoffs on the week, the other days are fine. <laughs> Thanks for having me, buddy. But the other days are perfectly fine. Absolutely. Rich, do you have any uh, closing words or final thoughts? And I uh, also want to share how people can get in touch with you. No, I mean, you called it. These these guys have some great nuggets. I mean, uh, Mark, again, I mean, Mark's been a friend for pretty much all of those 30 years that he's been in the industry. Um, and I, I love it cause I constantly learn and, and thank you because again, it, it's, it's okay to learn. It's okay to, you know, again, the California side of things, right. And Mark's Mark's still an LA boy partially. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it is, it's okay to be vulnerable in this industry and work. And, and like Scott said, be okay. You know, be, be easy to work with, you know, it's, it's, in this industry, um, less ego, more support. We're a service industry. And I think it gets forgotten at times because if you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do because you serve people. You serve the result. And, and 
you know, there's lots of ways of saying it, right? But but as a company, you should operate with a servant's heart. And and if you can approach your business that way, even though what we do is technical, um, you'll wind up being around for 30 years, like all of us collectively have been, you know, in our companies individually. And so, um, you know, for, for newer companies, um, you got to face your fear. You got to face your fear because the, the sales just don't come to you. And this is still the sales industry, whether you're doing technical stuff. And so recognize the sales opportunity in front of you right now. Um, and, and you will see the benefits, you know, one year, two years from now. And so, again, like I said, I, you know, I, I talk all the time. You don't need to find me. Find these guys. Find you. Um, if you do want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Artfragosa. You can find the, you know, type my name into the interwebs. Stuff pops up. Most importantly, though, as I always say, I'd much rather that you find me here on NavyNation.tv. Our full suite of shows uh, here with my partner, Steve. We've got Resi Week, AV Week. You know, we've got technology manager shows. We've got social shows. Uh, that would be the best place because uh, hopefully you'll learn and, and whip something up for dinner when you got to figure out what's in your cabinets over there and uh, support our sponsors. Yeah, we didn't talk about what drinks go with the food, but, you know, that's for another show. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Rich said it best, uh, to find out more, visit avnation.tv, uh, learn about uh, all these shows and learn how to support the, the network. And the, uh, also, uh, by the time this post, uh, Infocom will be right in progress around the corner right after something like that. Make sure you check out the coverage that Aviation is providing. And they w- will be there and uh, I will be there and uh, we will be seeing people in whatever fashion that is. Uh, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media or my company, Control Concepts, at controlconcepts.net. Uh, please also take a moment to share the show and leave us a comment, leave us uh, a post, let us know what, what you like and what you want to hear more of. Rich and I would very much appreciate that so we could provide more of it. With that said, this has been A State of Control. 